the Grow From Your Heart podcast starts now. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 817 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun show lined up for us. In this episode, we're going to give away free seeds. That's right, hang out. We'll talk more later about the free seeds. Before we get to that part, I do want to announce that iRedirect is back. That's right, after a short break or a short hiatus, iRedirect is back online. Make sure you check out iRedirect.com for many fresh restocks. We've got the Orange Gasm, the Lemon Jeffrey, Bubble Goat is up there, Fist Bump is up there. There's a lot of great stuff on iRedirect. There will be more stock coming very soon. Make sure you check out that Black Friday sale that is coming up on iRedirect. I will talk more about that in the upcoming episodes. Also, Patreon members do get free packs from iRedirect. If you're a member of the Patreon at $25 or $50 on the Patreon, you will receive one or two free packs of seeds and a coupon for a discount at iRedirect.com. So make sure you check out iRedirect.com and also check out Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. I did mention that we're giving away free packs to Patreon supporters this month. We have two different tiers of free packs available. One tier is a Gorilla Goat freebie and the other tier is a Blueberry Butcher freebie. There will be two different packs available next month. So if you're a member of Patreon at $25 a month or higher this month, you will receive a free pack of seeds. Of course, if you do contribute 50 bucks to Patreon this month, you will get two free packs of iRegenetic seeds and a coupon code for iRedirect.com. I feel like that is enough advertising here in this episode. Let's move on to everybody's favorite part of the podcast. Let's jump into the email portion of today's show. I do have a great question here in front of me. I did mention free seeds at the start of the show. If you go to my website, iRedirect.com, there's a part of the website where it says questions or contact. If you contact me and send me a grow question, if I read your question here on the podcast, I will send you a free pack of iRegenetics Genetics Premium Seeds. So send me those grow questions. Also, many people are asking about where is iRegenetics.com. The site is under construction. That one will be back very soon. Uh, we did update iRedirect. Now that iRedirect is live, we are working on iRegenetics.com. Both sites will be up and running very soon. For now, make sure you check out iRedirect.com. You can send those grow help questions to the questions tab, the contact tab there on iRedirect. Anyway, if I read your question on the podcast, you will win a free pack of seeds. The free pack of seeds from today's episode goes to our friend who wants to be called X-Ray Toker. Big shout out to my new friend, X-Ray Toker. Thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for a great question. We've got a few details here about the garden that are not necessary. We're gonna throw that first page over there. We're going to jump into the second page because this is where the question pops in. It says, please describe your problem and everything you've done to fix it. The question goes a lot like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, the problem is simple. It is spider mites. Yes, the dreaded spider mite. Every grower at some point in time is going to experience spider mites. If you have not experienced spider mites yet, uh, you are bragging. You're going, not me. Never had it. Well, guess what? They're coming just because you just said that. That is how they work. They know you're bragging. They are on their way. They will be in your grow soon. Start taking care of shit. Have no fear. We're going to talk about how to take care of that here. But spider mites, everybody's going to get them once. Everybody's either had them or will have them. Very common. We can talk about ways to prevent them, but it is a very easy pest to bring home, a very easy pest to get. 
Also, with a little bit of strategy, a little bit of preparation, a little bit of watchful eye and eye for detail, these spider mites are not too problematic to get rid of if we notice them early. Once they start moving around, uh, infesting all of the plants, getting in all of the rooms, it's more of a pain in the ass, but it is never impossible to get rid of spider mites. I can get rid of uh, I think I can get rid of any pest given enough time, uh, given enough budget and enough manpower and a proper strategy. I can eradicate any pest in any cultivation facility, how big or small it is. Let's stay focused here. We're going to talk about integrated pest management today, and we're going to focus mostly on spider mites. This question says, how do I get rid of the spider mites without losing all of my strains? That is a very good question. It says some of these strains I've had for years. Uh, bro, as a seed breeder, as somebody who relies on my uh, strains, my genetics, my mother plants, I definitely understand how important it is to not lose those strains. It goes on. It says, I have sprayed with soapy water followed by a cold rinsing. Now I have an exhaust fan cranked up with some serious wind trauma. The wind is a good idea. That's a good place to start. The message goes on. It says, I do need to clear this out before my new seed order arrives. Don't make me cry. I will be 70 this year. Well, happy birthday, my friend. And this is almost my only medicine. Well, I'm proud of you for being uh, that far into life and not falling for all of the doctor prescriptions at that age. They really do try to push a lot of pills and a lot of medicines on folks your age. So good job for keeping cannabis mostly your only medicine. That is great. All right. They wrap the message up with thanks and love for the show and great info. Love you, bro. Sincerely. And then he signed it with his real name. I will not say that on the air. Thank you, bro. Great message. Let's talk a little bit about spider mites. I'm going to do my best to not break your heart here, but some of this may be challenging. Some of it may be a little bit of work, but together we will get rid of those spider mites. I do have a lot of stuff written down here. Uh, you said that you started with, um, soapy water followed by a cold rinsing. That is a good start, but I bet you those spider mites just laughed at you. Uh, spider mites have been evolving. I got some spider mites a while back from California. This was several years ago. They're gone. They've been defeated, but it was a challenge. I got some new mites from California, these Mendo mites, these super mites. Uh, the mites are evolving. These were like the ninja turtles of spider mites. I could not get rid of them. They took anything I threw at them. Uh, it took uh, a year and it took a really solid winter to get rid of them. I needed that Colorado winter to come in and I blasted that cold air in the grow room, uh, crippled some plants a little bit, but that is what got rid of them. Uh, so the mites are evolving. I bet that that soapy cold water, uh, they just laughed at you. They're like, oh yeah, we needed a bath. And so they just cleaned themselves up in it. So let's talk more in depth about getting rid of these mites. Something that I wrote down is when trying to eradicate a pest, let's focus on the pest we are facing. I see people just uh, on the internet, on social media in general, just saying, hey, I've got spider mites. What should I spray? And then people will recommend crazy random shit like spray safer soap or spray oregano oil or spray this, or there's many terrible examples I could give. Why not focus on the pest you're trying to eradicate, research that pest and apply the product that will get rid of that pest. If I told you right now that you're going to the Olympics tomorrow, would you say what, what event am I in? Or would you just prepare for every single event? If I told you you're going to be in the Olympics tomorrow and you're a figure skater, would you go preparing for the bobsled team or would you prepare for the next few months to be a figure skater? What I'm saying is prepare for the thing that we need to attack. If you're facing spider mites, let's attack spider mites. If you've got thrips, let's attack thrips. If you've got fungus gnats, let's go right for the fungus gnats. Let's not just use random generic hippie ideas that might work for everything. Let's focus in and attack the insects we're trying to attack. So like I said just a moment ago, let's attack the pest we are trying to attack. No matter which insect, pest, predator, whatever it is we are trying to get rid of in our garden, it has a life cycle. 
it's going to live a certain amount of time. If it's if it's a bigger pest, something like a rabbit or a deer, that is a pest that gets in our garden. We're not going to talk as much about that, but those could live for years. If it's an insect, its whole life cycle could be a few days. Then we got to learn also not only the life cycle of our pest, but we need to understand the breeding cycle of those pests as well. Some of the bugs we're battling are born pregnant. What? Yeah, they came out pregnant already. What kind of hood bugs do we have? But that's how they are. So understand the life cycle of the pest you're dealing with. Understand the breeding cycle of the pest you're dealing with. Then let's disrupt both of those processes within these bugs. Then we have a better chance of beating these insects. So do a little research. Understand how do they live? Where do they live? Do they live under the foliage? Do they live on the stems? Do they live in the dirt? Where do these bugs live? Understand where they live, how they live, and how they breed. And now we're getting into their heads. We've got a much better opportunity to eradicate these intruders. Now, once we've identified the insect which we are choosing to do battle with, today's victim is going to be spider mites. They tried to come into our room. We're going to show them we don't play that game. We're going to get rid of these spider mites. Once you've identified the pest, then you need to make some personal ethical decisions. How do you want to attack these spider mites or whichever bug you may be facing? One good option is predator bugs. Do you want to start with predator mites or predator insects in your grow and use those as a way to eradicate your current bug situation? That is a very useful, very cost-effective way to go about it, but you've got to release bugs into your grow. That can take a little bit of time for those bugs to uh, establish a colony, get in there and find where they need to go to go find the the bug that they need to eat. Then there's a battle that needs to happen, and then eventually uh, your predators will out-eat all of the other bugs, and then they will die off as well, or they'll move along. If you've got a perpetual environment, maybe those bugs will stick around. You can make that work, but uh, if you run out of bugs, they may disappear. So predator bugs is a very effective way of eradicating bugs in your grow, but it does take a little bit of time for them to get to work. How about sprayed pesticide applications? That is always a very reliable way to get rid of almost any pest is a sprayed application. Now here's where you have to make more ethical decisions. What types of sprays do you want to apply to your garden? Um, a lot of people are going to say, I use all organic products, but then I'm going to remind you that uh, cyanide is organic. And if you get any of that in your body, you're going to get sick and die. So uh, don't focus too much on the word organic. Don't be sold by the word organic. Let's focus more on the active ingredients and inactive ingredients in that bottle. Do some research on what is in the bottle. Then think about how gentle or non-gentle you want to be, how aggressive you want to go, how much chemical blast you want to use. Um, some people are going to say it's a scale of organic to nuclear. That's a good range. Organic, like we just said, is kind of a buzzword. But do you want to go gentle hippie soap or do you want to go fucking imidacloprid? How far in between do you want to go? That is up to you as a farmer. What is going to happen to the product that you are going to grow and sell? Are you going to smoke it? Are you going to consume it yourself? Are you making concentrates out of it? If you're making concentrates, you're concentrating the pesticide if it's still in that plant. Uh, are you going to make edibles? And then are you going to eat those pesticides yourself? Are you going to sell that product? Are you selling it to uh, the street? Or are you selling it to medical, uh, medical cannabis consumers? There's a lot of things to think about here. If you're going to smoke it yourself... Do whatever you want with it. Do whatever you feel comfortable with it. If somebody else is going to get this product, be very careful and very uh, very thoughtful about what you spray or apply to your plants. It could be uh, nutrients, pesticides, anything in this realm. Think about what you're putting in there. Uh, think about it if it's for you. That's important. But if it's going to someone else, it's your responsibility to pass a safe, clean, ethical product along to your consumers. They're giving you money. They're giving you trust. They're expecting cannabis that is safe to be consumed. Make sure you give them that. So whatever you're going to spray on there, make sure that it is something that is consumable that you would consume. 
understand the half-life and the duration of life uh, that these chemicals will last in your plant. If you're spraying something systemic, it could stick around in that plant for quite a long time. Research half-life. Start understanding how long it takes for that uh, pesticide to break down within that plant and be gone. Hopefully it's gone by the time you harvest, but pay attention to those sort of things. Uh, also, there are a lot of things to understand when it comes to applying pesticides that people completely overlook, but understand what you're giving your customers. Please, let's think a lot about that. I do have a few more things I want to touch on before we go too deep into pesticides. Um, the key to a clean grow room and the key to not getting spider mites or the key to getting rid of spider mites is really don't get them. I know for this person it's too late, but maybe some of you are saying I've never had mites. The key is prevention. In a commercial facility, we start at day one with preventing spider mites or any other pest from entering the room. It's your responsibility as the farmer to make sure no pests get in that room. And if they do, it's your job to react quickly and understand how to mitigate the problem before it becomes uh, a tragedy in that grow space. A lot of people like to blame soil bags for bringing in bugs. Guess what? You brought the bag into the grow. You should have understood what was coming along with that. Keep that sort of stuff in mind. So prevention is key. How do we prevent bugs from entering the grow space? Clean up. Basic cleanliness is one of the main ingredients to a successful grow. Clean everything. If you've got a leaf on the floor, get that leaf out of there. That leaf went into a trash bag or a trash can. Get that trash can and or trash bag dumped and out of the grow facility to a dumpster outside as far away as you can get it. Remove that. Set yourself up for success. If you've got a bunch of debris, just random shit in the grow space that doesn't need to be there, if it's your grow tools, your t-shirt, your drink, uh, whatever doesn't need to be in there, get it out of there. Those are more places for bugs to hide, things for them to hide under, places for them to hide on. Clean up. Create a basic standard operating procedure for your cultivation facility for a sanitary grow environment. Whatever that means to you, how are you going to, I don't know where your grow is. I don't know if it's in your house. I don't know if it's in your basement, your garage. I don't know if it's in a big commercial facility. I don't know if it's in a barn in a field, whatever you need to do to create a standard operating procedure to create a sanitary growing environment. That is what you need to figure out as the ganja farmer on duty. So if you need to build a clean room where you walk in and change your shoes, your clothes, uh, spray your hair down with something, wrap your hair up, put it in a hat, however you want to do it, uh, put on some gloves, then go into the grow space. That may be a step that you need to take. If you're coming uh, from one grow to the other, definitely have a space where you can stop and change a lab coat or do something to just make another layer so that when you're in here in this grow space, all the spider mites are sticking onto that uh, lab coat, take it off, go in another room with a different lab coat that may help mitigate spreading the problem, but create an SOP so that you don't bring bugs in and you do not move bugs around. Get the trash gone. The trash doesn't need to just go. So if your grow is in your basement, don't just bring the trash up to the kitchen or the garage. It needs to go out. It needs to get to the curb as quickly as possible. Get rid of that shit. Uh, clean you, clean yourself. Clean your clothing. I've got dreadlocks. When I go into the grow, I tie up my dreadlocks and put a hat over them so that if anything does try to climb on me, hopefully it stays on the hat. Uh, people always ask, yes, I do wash the dreadlocks, but um, they could get in there. I could move some bugs around in the dreadlocks. So that's why we got to be very careful. Uh, what about your equipment? Do you have a separate set? What about shoes? I see a lot of people wear the same shoes outside and then you go into a grow space. Wherever you walk through outside, were there spider mites? Was there powdery mildew perhaps on a plant? Was there a fungus gnat? Was there a thrip? What did you bring in from outside on your shoes into your grow space? Because your grow space is a beautiful environment. 
As soon as you got in there, that spider mite, that thrip, that fungus gnat, whatever it was, I went, oh, this is fucking nice. And it went and found a hotel in one of your plants. So change your clothes, change your shoes. What about your gear? Do you have, and we should be doing this anyway because Hoplite and Viroid is running rampant now. Are you changing scissors between different grows? Are you using gear for outside that you're using inside? Don't do that. Don't cross-contaminate. Think about the equipment. Now let's kind of segue into things that we can actually do within the grow uh, to the plants to help mitigate pest problems. One thing I really think is beneficial is defoliation. Defoliate all the leaves with the big purple petiole or the gigantic leaves that are blocking the sun from getting to the buds. Pull those leaves off of there. You don't need those leaves anyway. Those leaves are where the bugs are going to hang out. Where do you get spider mites? The bottom of the leaves. Where do you get powdery mildew? On top of the leaves. No leaves, no problems. Get them out of there. Make as few leaves as possible in that room, but keep the plants healthy and you will mitigate pest problems. Another thing that I like, and this listener mentioned, is wind. If you can get some fans going in that room, spider mites and bugs do not like wind. They like a nice, calm place. They can chill out. They can eat some food. They can get some ass, and they can make some webs. That's what they want. Disrupt that. Make it uncomfortable for them. Then, another thing I talked about a moment ago is don't cross-contaminate your grows. If you've got home grows in multiple rooms, don't go from room A to room B without taking care of yourself, especially if you see a problem. Clean up, change your lab coat, change your shoes, change whatever you need to do. If you've got grows in two different houses, perhaps, change clothes from house to house. If you're working in multiple cultivation facilities as a consultant, definitely change your shoes and your clothes between facilities if possible. A lot of facilities now have a foot wash. You step into this little tray and it puts shit all over your shoes. It's cleaner stuff. It's fine. I'm a sneakerhead. It's cool. It'll spray this, splash this shit onto your shoes. And then you step onto another tray and it puts a little booty right over your shoe. Now you're walking around with fresh, clean feet in there. Those are really great for a commercial facility. Um, Are there any bushes or flowers or shrubs or plants outside of your house or your commercial facility that are housing insects? Uh, It is not uncommon to see somebody just go to Lowe's and get some uh, spray product. Again, use some, I said Lowe's also, go to your local home hardware store, uh, local hardware store if you have one, but go get some pesticide spray and spray that on the plants outside so that you can get rid of the bugs out there as well. But when you do that, they're going to try to move in. So make sure you're prepared for that, but treat the outdoor once or twice a year. So there's no bugs in the shrubs and bushes outside. If you can remove those, go get rid of those shrubs and bushes. But I understand nature is happening out there. We can't chop down all the trees. Please don't do that. All right. Another thing I really want to make sure to mention is I do see a lot of yellow sticky traps in use. One thing to think about is those are not uh, to eradicate bugs. Those are to indicate the presence of a pest. Uh, You should have those all over the grow every six or 12 feet apart. There should be a yellow sticky card so that when you walk by it, you can take a look. You should look at it as you walk by in the morning, walk by as you look at lunch, walk by at the end of the day. Just take a peek. If there's one bug on there at one point in time, make a mental note. I saw a bug. If there's three bugs on there later, make a note. Three bugs, shit's increasing. Pay attention. If there's one or two bugs, that's going to happen. They just, they fly around, they see light, shit happens. But if you start getting increasing numbers of bugs, that's a sign shit is happening in your grow. You need to start taking care of those. So hang yellow sticky traps or even the blue sticky traps in the grow to indicate the presence of some pests. Now let's talk more about preventative. Um, Preventative. Do you want to release predator bugs? I've talked about the predator bugs. There are many options for predator bugs. Like I said before, choose your bug wisely. Make sure you're getting the predators that you think you will have pest so you can fight what is coming. Or do you want to apply sprays? If you're going to apply sprays, I recommend sprays on a rotation. Have multiple products on hand. Spray them on a rotation on a schedule. 
in my grow environments, I try to spray on Monday. If I see any sort of a problem, I step it up and I spray on Monday and Thursday. At the change of seasons, I spray on Monday and Thursday. It just got cold. I anticipate bugs trying to come in. They got an extra spray this week on Thursday just to make sure nothing sneaks in. Now, when you are spraying products, one thing I highly recommend is research every product which you are going to apply. Understand the product you are going to apply. Understand the active ingredients. Understand the inactive ingredients. Understand what those active ingredients can do to you if you are exposed to them. If you spray that and get some on your skin, what is going to happen to you? Understand those sorts of risks. Open up the label on those bottles. Every pesticide bottle has a label and it unfolds. There's a little booklet in there that will tell you a lot about that pesticide. When you read that, see if it says warning, danger, hazard. See if it's got a skull and crossbones. Look at the level of danger, level of hazard, which that pesticide presents. Then read about the personal protective equipment required to apply that pesticide. Many of them are going to tell you wear long sleeves, wear gloves, uh, cover up your feet for sure when you're applying a pesticide. Don't go doing it barefoot like a hippie. I recommend a respirator. If you're spraying with a paint sprayer or anything that makes bubbles, Wear a respirator because you don't want to breathe in those micro bubbles with pesticide in it. Also, eye protection is a must. And if you got long hair, dreadlocks, or even not, cover up your head and be safe. But make sure you research the personal protective equipment needed for the pesticide you are applying. Now, since I am certified by the Colorado Department of Agriculture as a pesticide applicator and handler, I am also trained the trainer certified by the Colorado State University and the Colorado Department of Agriculture. I was trained by Theo Walker. Uh, just give it some credentials here. But with all that being said, I should remind you about something that is called the re-entry interval. Whenever we apply a pesticide, we should apply that pesticide uh, with the lights off and then safely exit that room. And then we should hang a sign on the door. If you're working with anybody else, there's a sign that is required on the door that says, hey, guess what? We sprayed a pesticide. We sprayed this at this time. You're not allowed to enter for this many hours from that time so that nobody goes in that room and gets wet pesticide product on their skin, breathes in that vapor. We're trying to be safe. There's what is called a re-entry interval. Don't go in the room until that re-entry interval is up. And many people may not know this, but if we are applying a pesticide indoors, you should double the recommended re-entry interval printed on that bottle. Most of those products are not designed to be sprayed and applied indoors. Most of them are for outdoor commercial use or outdoor agricultural use. When we apply these products indoors, we are not getting sunshine on them. We are not getting wind like we would normally get. We don't have the natural environment to break down that pesticide and dry it up and make the plant process it or break down the way that it should uh, naturally outdoors. So it is highly recommended to double the re-entry interval when applying a pesticide spray application indoors. I just want to say that because I am certified by the Department of Ag and it would feel very irresponsible to not give you that disclaimer. For preventative measures, I recommend spraying once a week. Like I said before, if you see any problems popping up, double that spray. Spray Monday and spray Thursday. If the problem gets bad, consider spraying three times a week, but that will get brutal on the plants. You'll see them respond. They may tell you, hey, that is too much. You may have to settle it down, especially depending on the products you are going to apply. I have said before that you can apply what I call a tank mix. That is multiple pesticides mixed together at one time uh, in one tank and spray it. You can do that if you research each pesticide which you are applying. And don't be redundant. Have uh, if you're going to apply one that is a pyrethrum-based, don't put two pyrethrum-based products in there together. But don't get redundant. If you're going to put one pyrethrin product in there, 
Don't mix in just another pyrethrin product. Put something else, a different mode of attack inside of that mix. That way we can hit the bugs with two different attacks. You could throw a left, and when they try to block the left, you could throw that right and knock them right the fuck out. Two products, maybe three products at a time is not a bad idea if you understand what and why you are mixing. Maybe mix a little batch. Maybe don't mix a whole bunch at one time so you don't get a chemical reaction but a tank mix is highly acceptable. Now that is my preventative strategy. I spray once a week with a rotated pesticide schedule on a schedule. Every Monday, I spray. If I see a problem, I step it up to every Thursday on a schedule. I've got a pesticide rotation. There are a few products I really enjoy. I think they work really well together. Uh, just to give you a kind of an idea, I like to use, uh, we'll say Botanigard Max on Monday and then uh, Evergreen on Thursday. And then we would probably do something like, um, and also make sure you're checking with your local state guidelines. If you're using this in a commercial facility, I don't know what is regulated in your state. I'm making recommendations for what I do uh, in a personal grow. If you're growing in a commercial grow, things are regulated by the MED and the Department of Ag. So make sure you pay attention to that. But I would do like the Botanigard Max and then Evergreen and then probably like Venerate on the next one. And then just start the rotation over. And if I have a pest problem, I see a couple things. I would possibly do like the Evergreen and Venerate together and then do Botanigard Max and maybe the Evergreen again the next time just to double up and throw some super punches. But don't be afraid to do a tank mix and get creative and knock those bad motherfuckers out. All right, I do have notes and I feel like I fell off my notes. Where am I? Attack. We're at the attack phase. Now let's say that we do see some bugs in our grow room. Now it's time to step it up instead of just Monday. We're spraying Monday and Thursday. Um... This all depends on where you are in the grow cycle. If you're in veg, uh, go ahead and spray the shit out of them with whatever you want that is up to your ethical standards. If you're in flower, you really need to consider what you are spraying on these plants. Uh, if you're in the first 21 days of flower, you've got a lot more opportunity for sprays. The first 10 to 14 days, go ahead and spray away unless you're breeding. Uh, you don't want to mess up those pistols, but it's all about the phase and how far into flower you are. There are some products we could spray later. Uh, I don't really want to spray too late if we don't have to, but sometimes it's necessary. If you're going into flower and you do spot a bunch of bugs and you want to get rid of them, that is the time to overload the garden with those living predator bugs. Uh, Swarskis, Hypoaspis miles, Persimilis, Californicus, Green Lacewings, Rove Beetles. Get in there and attack with everything you can find. But if you are still in the veg phase, go ahead and spray whatever you feel comfortable. Start hitting them on Monday with one or two products. Hit them again on Thursday with one or two products. Keep that going until you see there are no pests present. Maybe even continue one or two applications even after you think the bugs are gone. It is important to me to spray every room. I've got a mom room, a veg room, a clone area, a flower area. This is all commercial buildings with a lot of shit. Make sure that everything is treated equally. Those mother plants are where it all starts. Those veg plants are the building blocks for flower. That flower room is the bread and butter. They're all equally important. Make sure that those bugs are all getting treated in every room or you're just going to move them around. If you can get those mother plants super clean and get the veg plants super clean and then keep them clean through flower, that is the goal. So maybe release a whole fuck ton of predator bugs in your mom room and then those bugs will keep moving around with you once you establish colonies. Keep those bugs coming in the mom room every couple of weeks. Add more, add more. Uh, however you cut clones, keep that schedule going. Maybe order more bugs every week you cut clones. Cut some clones, add more bugs. Cut some clones, add more bugs. And then it all moves down the chain from the mom room to the bedroom to the flower room. Keep the bugs alive in there. That's just a good strategy that may work for you. All right, where were we? Attack, multiple modes of attack uh, on an aggressive routine twice a week. But like I said a moment ago, 
Be specific. Don't bring a knife to a might fight, right? I'll say that again. Don't bring a knife to a might fight. If you're fighting spider mites, uh, don't bring something designed to fight thrips. If you're fighting thrips, don't bring some shit to design designed to spite to fight spider mites. That's easier than it sounds. I know that was hard to say, but uh, you know what I'm trying to talk about. If you're fighting spider mites, get a pesticide designed at eradicating spider mites. Don't go get some hippie soap. Don't try some witchcraft. Don't do voodoo. Go get a pesticide that says designed to eradicate spider mites. Do the right thing. Set yourself up for success. You're going to spend the money. You're going to spend the time. You're going to spend the energy. Go at it hard right at the very beginning. Let's win the battle. Now, keeping in mind the fact that we are understanding which pest we are battling, where are those bugs? Are they on the underside of the leaves? Are they living in the soil? Where do those pests reside? Where are they hanging out? Where's the party? Let's treat that appropriate area. Let's spray the bottoms of the leaves. Start at the bottom of the plant. Spray the undersides of the leaves and work your way up to the top. Then also possibly maybe a suggestion if these bugs go into the soil, if you got thrips or fungus gnats, we need to treat the soil. We need to do what is called a soil dredge. One of my favorite soil dredges is evergreen. I'll mix up my water just like a, a bunch of five-gallon buckets, just like I'm going to water the plants. And then I will put an amount of evergreen in those buckets and stir it really, really well. Then I will water that into the plants until it runs off a little bit. Now, I'm sure that I've got evergreen in all of that soil, all of that medium. If you're using cocoa, soil, whatever you're working with, saturate that. Uh, repeat again in about three or four days. And now you've probably gotten rid of all of your soil-borne pests. All the bugs that were in the dirt are dead. They're going to fly up and try to get to the leaves. We have sprayed those leaves with something, maybe a couple of things. They're not going to want to be up there. Create a non-desirable environment for those bugs, whether it's uh, a poison or just something uncomfortable. Put something on the leaves and they won't want to go there. So think about what bug you're working with. Do you need to treat the leaves? Do you need to treat the dirt? Do you need to treat both? Let's do that. Let's also clean up the room and ourselves and go full heavy attack mode. Again, do you want to go bugs? Do you want to go sprays? Do you want to go organic or do you want to go nuclear? This is all up to you. There are many suggestions for getting rid of spider mites on the internet. They're all going to work, but you just have to decide how ethical that product is for you and if you want to consume that or pass that to your customers. Now, sometimes an infestation can just get way too far ahead of us. Sometimes we don't notice. Uh, sometimes you go away on vacation, you come back, shit happened. Uh, sometimes you've got a helper. They didn't know what they were looking for. Sometimes shit does get out of control. I try not to let that happen. I try to pay attention. Maybe you slipped up. Maybe you fucked up and you got spider mites. Maybe they're real bad and you're thinking, I cannot beat these plants. Here is the last ditch effort. If you've tried every pesticide you can think of, if you've released all the, the bugs you can think of, here is one more idea that we can do to get rid of these bugs. This is the last ditch effort. I would get a reservoir of water. I would put a pesticide in there. You've got a million fucking options. You can use uh, you can use anything from hydrogen peroxide to smite to banish to evergreen to triac 70 to venerate to uh, much more powerful uh, products I'm not going to mention here. If you've got a real problem, I'll help you, but I don't want to share these product names with anybody who doesn't really have a struggle problem. You shouldn't be using these unless it's a last-ditch effort to save some shit. Anyway, mix up a, a reservoir, a dunk dish of a pesticide solution. Then we're going to cut some clones. We're going to go to your plant that's got spider mites on it. We're going to cut a clone off of it. Then we're going to dunk it in that dunk mix. Dunk it in there and swish the shit out of it. Get the spider mites off of it. Get the webbing off of it. Uh, whatever product you need to use, get that shit off of there. Then uh, you've got an option. Some people will tell you, depending on the pesticide that you just used, 
Uh, if you use smite or banish, you do need to dunk them and rinse them in clean water and get that pesticide off. Um, the pesticide is now within the plant. It is moving within the cells of the plant. If you use some things and that will continue to keep the bugs away, but give them a good dunk and make sure to at least get all these spider mites, the webs, the bugs off of the plant, then dunk it into the wet, uh, the clean dish to get rid of the pesticide. Then pot that clone as usual, dip it in your clone solution, uh, pop it into the clone dome or the easy cloner, however you normally would. Now pay very close attention to those clones. As soon as they are rooted and able to get put into pots, we need to start treating them right away with an integrated pest management routine. I would get the evergreen out. Evergreen's not too uh, too brutal on small plants and give it a light application of evergreen. I would probably do that uh, Monday and Thursday. Then next week, I'd probably switch to the Venerate. Then next week, I'd go Botanic Garden Max. Uh, and then just make sure that we got rid of the bugs. It's going to be easier to treat the bugs on these little tiny plants than it would on these big, gigantic plants. So we're going to take some clones. We're going to dunk them. We're going to rinse them, uh, clip them, dip them, and stick them, get them in the cloner. However you do your clones, that's a whole other podcast. Change to that episode now. Watch that one. But do your clones. Then here's the fun part. We're going to put a trash bag over those big mommy plants, and we're going to cut those down and get the fuck rid of them. They're going in the trash or the burn pile. They need to go ASAP far away. Also, let's get rid of the dirt that they were in also. Maybe even throw away the whole fucking pot. Depends on how bad and how mad you are at these plants. But uh, let's get rid of it. Chop them down. Get rid of this shit. Get rid of the dirt. Get rid of the plants. Not just out in the garage. Not just out by the house, but far, far away. Get rid of that shit. Take it to the dump. Go burn it. Make sure it is gone. Then... Uh, you got to get rid of these clothes that you're wearing. You got to clean the clothes up. You got to clean your dreadlocks. You got to get rid of the spider mites that may have come home with you. Go straight to the shower. Clean yourself up. Put your clothes in the washer. Run the washer. Put on some clean clothes. And now let's start treating those plants like they're lightly infested. We need to keep the infestation down. Hopefully we got rid of the most of the bugs, but they could still be there. So the big plants are gone. The babies are growing. Much easier to treat. Hopefully we can preserve our genetics that way. All right, let me make sure I've gotten all of the notes because I was going quite fast because there's a lot that I wanted to cover. I feel like I did a pretty decent job, a good job here of talking about how to eradicate pests. The most important thing here is don't bring a knife to a gunfight. If you're fighting spider mites, attack spider mites. If you're attacking thrips, attack thrips. Don't just buy whatever pesticide was on the shelf. That is not setting yourself up for success. That is not how we win. That's not how we do it in the Irie Army. Get the right shit. Let's win this battle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of this podcast. Like I said before, if I read your message here on this podcast, you do win a free pack of iRegenetics premium seeds. So my friend X-Ray Toker, please do send me your address so I can get you a free pack of premium seeds. If I did not read your message on this episode, please don't be discouraged. I've got a giant pile of emails here in front of me, and I do can plan on continuing reading them on future episodes. All right, my voice is running out. I think that's all I've got. Make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. If you have any questions that are not grow questions, you can send me your questions, corrections, comments, and concerns to growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Anything else you could possibly need is on iReadGenetics or iReadDirect.com. You guys, my voice is done. I'm getting out of here. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Dave's black eye. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker.
Big up yourself every time, Rusty Jeff. Sit back, hug them up, we relax. Oh.